But uh, we're in the middle of a series called There Is More. We launched a, a few weeks back and uh, we had a phenomenal time. And you know what? God is doing something amazing amongst us. Uh, so many, for so many years of my life, I had heard people talk about revival this, revival that, and da da da. And it all sounded exciting and it all sounded fun. But, but I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of talking about God doing great things. I'm sick of talking about the f- maybe something might happen. I believe we're not looking for revival. I believe we're in revival mode right now. Can anyone give me an amen? Because revival starts with me. Revival starts with you. Revival just really means is something which was dead came back to life. And so, so it's, it's always been happening. You know, the church of Jesus Christ has went from strength to strength. And so we're in revival and God will and can do great things if if we just believe him at his word. And so we're in a series called This, There Is More. And, and the kind of essence of that is that, listen, we all go through life. We all go through trials and tribulations. The Bible, Jesus actually said, in this life you will have trouble. Can anyone testify to that? There will be hard times. But take heart, be encouraged, lift your head, I've overcome it. I've got what it takes. I've got the strength that you need to overcome it. And not just to overcome it, but end up better than you were before. Because I've got more for you. I'm not a God of less. I'm not a God of decrease. I'm not a God of, I'm not, I'm not a God where, where, where we're just disintegrating away in our lives. I'm a God of more. And yet the, the flesh is weak. The flesh uh, disintegrates, but, but the spirit is willing and the spirit is always growing and always is designed for more until we come to that day where we get into eternity, into heaven. And so last week we talked about, in order for new to come, we talked about the Pringles and how we had a small box of Pringles and we had a big box of Pringles over here and how often when, when the Pringles comes to an end, you want more because once you pop, you can't stop. Uh, and so you want more, but there's not, no more left. The, the container's empty. It's like an old season has passed away. It's gone, uh, and you've got to leave it behind. And because if you don't leave it behind, the old ways, your old thought patterns, your old uh, unhealthy, uh, toxic ways of thinking about yourself and others, if you don't leave it behind, you'll not enter into the new season, the promised land that God has for you. And in, in, in the promised land, the, the container that we used was a bigger packet of Pringles, it was the large packet because God is a God of more. Amen? And so we're not talking prosperity here where God just wants you to be rich. God blesses you to be a blessing. He gives to you to pour out to others, not to keep it for yourself. And so God, we want God to bless us. Why? Because we want to make kingdom impact on this earth for others. We want to make a difference. Our, our vision is know God, find freedom, discover a purpose, or discover purpose in what, what you've been called to, and then, hey, I want to make a difference. I, I don't want to just go through life just doing life for me. Come on, I don't know if you know this, but I don't know any selfish person that's happy. I don't know one selfish person that, that is making a difference in other people's lives. I don't know one selfish person that's self-absorbed, trying to live their own life for themselves, that's actually not struggling with depression or, or there's, there's, there's a weight or an unhealthy burden on them. Why? Because God has designed you to give. It's more blessed to give than receive. 
And so there's more, but God is going to give you more so that you can make a difference in the life, in society, in your, in your family. God wants to give you more grace. And so we're going to talk about that this morning and how we get that grace is maybe not always through the door that we hoped. Um, and so before we do that, I just want to talk about, uh, you know, today we have what we call the growth track. That's where, uh, in this church, that's where you discover purpose. Upstairs, there's an amazing room upstairs that we've converted. Uh, and it's really, it's, there's nothing weird. We're not going to spook you out. We're not going to ask you to do anything weird. No, we're not going to ask you to really do anything apart from fill in a few blanks. But it's gonna, if you want to know more about who we are, if you want to join the journey w- with us as a church, you want to find out what we're doing and what we're about, that's just, there's a four-step process. The first is today, after, straight after service. I'm going to be there. I would love to just talk. There'll be questions, answers, and stuff after if you want. There's tea and coffee, and you'll not miss out on that uh, up there. And uh, I would love you to join me after service. It's really, really important because, listen, we're not a spectator sport. This is not, we don't want just fans. We want supporters. We want people on the field. We want people in the mix. You have got a gift the same way every person on this stage or comes on this stage is a gift. Every person at the door, every person in the kids' ministry has got a gift. We want people activated. It might be just in a home group. It might be just in your daily life, but we need to activate for, for the kingdom to come, for, for revival to happen. We need revival to happen in, in, on the inside of you because that's where the kingdom of God lies today. It's not in the building, although God uses it. It's not in, 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 in uh, anything that, that, w- that we build on the outside, it's, it's found on the inside. Amen. So growth track, uh, you know, we're going to celebrate this week. We had groups this week, so we're not a church with groups. It's not just an addition. We're a church off groups. Okay? Everyone say groups. Groups. We're not a church with groups. We're a church off groups. Why? Because groups are just, it's a, everybody needs to be needed and to be known. How are you needed? You get on a team. You get involved. You, you play a part. You come and help us clean the sanctuary. You c- come and help us put down something simple. Help clean the toilets. Help Because we want to create an excellent environment for people to experience God. Because he's, he's a perfect God. He's not just excellent. He's perfect. So we want to do our best. Um, and so we had groups this week. We had groups meeting with three course meetings making us all jealous. Everyone's probably going to end up going there. Let's be honest. My group's going to just, they're going to disappear, aren't they? Because Peter's manipulating them with three-course meals. I'm only kidding. But, but no, it's phenomenal. They're having a feast, and then they're studying the Word, and it's thriving. My group, just the stories of people unsaved, don't know God, come to know God. It's like, it's, you, know what, you know what I thought during the week? Oh, my word. It's working. <laughs> this is working. There's actually people coming to know God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. It, it kind of, it's, I shouldn't be surprised, but, but, but it's, just, it's, it's hard to believe that God could use us just doing something within our own reach, just something natural, and he just moves in people's hearts. So, so we're just, come on, put our hands together for God and what he's doing through our groups and in our community. Um, and yeah, I was just thinking uh, this week just about, uh, I, I heard... This, we were in prayer this morning at 8 o'clock and, uh, and we were just listening to some stuff and a, a guy sharing and, and he was just talking about the verse in, in Hebrews that talks about how you know, we're trying to connect people to a kingdom that is unshakable. Because who knows in life, you know, you can picture like 
if you had money in your pockets or, or, or stuff in your a phone in your pocket and you're like, how did I get them? You shake them upside down. You sh- shake. Try, trying to get all the stuff out and all the, the gunk out and stuff that shouldn't be there out. And, and sometimes in life we go through stuff and we're shaking. It's not what we had planned. It's not what we had hoped. And it shakes us to our core. And that verse basically talks about how we're building a kingdom that's, that's unshakable. We're pointing people to a God that is unshakable when life comes and life hurts and life breaks you and life throws you uh, unexpected situations. We worship a God that when our lives are being shaken, when our situations are being shaken, He is not. And so that's the rock upon which we stand. We're building a kingdom unshakable. We're worshiping a, a word, a person, Jesus, that is unshakable. He defeated death. The worst that we can experience, he defeated it. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about is, there's more, yes, it's all good and exciting to talk about vision and more and the future and dreams, but, but why the pain? Why do we have to be shaken? Why does it have to hurt? <laughs> can anyone testify to that? Has anyone ever been hurt or felt pain in this room? Um, and so let's just pray. Why? so painful. God, I just thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you're unshakable. I pray for each and every person in this room. God, I pray that as we're shaken, God, that we would find the unshakable uh, kingdom on this earth, and that's found in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for all that you've done and all you're doing. We thank you for revival in our midst, revival in our hearts, and revival in our day-to-day life. God, we thank you that you love us, and I, I just pray bless us right now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Amen. And so, uh, unshakable. Why the pain? Why does it have to be painful? And, and you know, as I've w- went through it from my past season, from my old ways over here to this new season, you know what I found in the middle, in the wilderness, in, in the place where I wasn't sure is anything ever going to happen again? Is there any hope? Am I, am I done? God, can you still use me? Because something unexpected happened over here. The, 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 the Pringles ran out, but I wanted more. The Pringles ran out, but, but I wasn't finished. I've still got energy. I've still got something to give. I've still got a desire to make a difference, but, but it seems like there's a dryness. And some of you may be in here, you're in a dry season. You're wondering, is it ever going to work out? God, are you ever going to provide? God, is, is there ever going to be change? Is there ever going to be a new day, a new season coming my way? Because I'm still looking at the old. I still kind of want what I had, but listen, I'm telling you today, I'm prophetically speaking over your life today, that God has got more for you. He's got more. I don't care if you made a mistake. I don't care if you messed up. I don't care. Listen, God uses all things together for good. Why am I shouting? Why am I passionate about that? Because I got to get it in. I got to shake you up a little bit. I got to get it into your spirit. Because too many of us, we're walking around defeated. We're walking around thinking about the old. We're walking around thinking about what, what if I had done it differently? Listen, Jesus came not to condemn you. He came to save you from who? Honestly, there, I have, I've never seen a guy with, with, with he's red 
and he's got a pitchfork, and he's got these big ears. I've never seen him. Have you seen him? I've only seen him on a Manchester United jersey. But have you ever seen him in real life, apart from on a Manchester United jersey? For all you Man- Manchester supporters, you need to repent and come back to Jesus. Die to self. Come away from your own ways. Carl, give me an amen at least. Come on. And Nigel, I know you're a Liverpool supporter too. You never walk alone. <laughs> and so what's happening is we're focused on the, we're, we think the devil's out there. He is, but not in the way you think. You know, you know how the devil works? He convinces you. How did, the, how did sin come into the world? He convinced Adam and Eve that their way was better. Your biggest obstacle in life is not this little creature with a pitchfork and two random ears. It's you. It's what you believe. It's the battlefield in your mind. Are you going to believe God's word? Or are you going to believe your own word, which is based by fear of man and fear of self? And fear of the future. Listen, if we're going to have people uh, that get revived and, and see God's promises come to, into fruition, we need people that begin to get into God's word and honor God's word over their own and over what the world says, over what the TV says, over what the magazine says, over what the Xbox says. Come on, guys, anyone love an Xbox in here? PlayStation? Yeah, there we got two lads. I knew we had two lads there. And all those things are fun and they're good, but listen, they can't define us. So why pain? Listen, pain usually defines whether you get bitter or you get better. There's no in between. You can sit in the old all all day long. What's that going to do? Is that going to build your life? No. It's going to destroy you. It's going to steal from you. It's going to kill the dreams in your heart. God didn't come for perfect people. He came while you were sinners, while you sinned, while you were in your sin. Even people, the, the Jewish people, God's people, didn't even recognize Jesus in the form in which he came because it wasn't in their way, in the way that they would do it. Jesus came actually in the form of sin, <laughs> of all ways, to come to the earth. He came in disguise disguised as sin. Why? Because he was trying to paint a picture. Listen, we are all sinners. It's not, the sin cannot define us. The Savior can. And so why pain? And so I just want to go straight to this verse in Matthew 17 and 20. And this is a, a verse that a lot of us have heard because we all face mountains. And he says, he replied, because, so Jesus replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell to you, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, You could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a mountain move (laughs) in real life. Anyone? No. So when Jesus spoke, a lot of times he spoke in metaphorical language. So stop trying to pray for that tree to move. It's not going to move. Or pray for that house to move. Physically, it's not going to move, okay? Jesus was not talking about you physically moving things. He was talking about how you see. He was talking about your perspective. He was talking about what does it look like from here? 
Well, well, I'm over here in the old, and I'm looking at what I would love, but I, it looks impossible because I, in the old, I, I've ran out. I don't have resource. I don't have the energy. I don't have the passion. I don't have the excitement anymore because there's a death to my old season. There's a death to some things in my life as some things have finished and ended, not by choice. I've made mistakes. I, I didn't expect to make them. And it just seems impossible for me to get from here to there. It seems impossible for me to get over this obstacle. How am I going to do it? What it says, you do it by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You speak it out. You begin to declare the word of God. You don't rely on feelings. You don't rely on emotions. The emotions will bring you back to shame to sorrow. So how am I going to get from here to there? How am I going to get over the mountain? How, how do I shift the mountain? How do I move my perspective? You know how you move it? By faith. And you know how faith often comes? It doesn't come through your talent, because your talent gives you confidence. But you know what often happens? It's through pain. It's through fear that you build your faith. So often we experience seasons of pain, seasons of hurt, seasons where we're shaken, seasons where we're scared. But listen, I think it's time we stop looking at, looking at pain as the, as the enemy. We stop looking at pain as the obstacle. We stop looking at, at pain as, as the pitchfork coming to get us. And we start embracing the pain and realizing that maybe pain can be used to build my faith. And when my faith is built, then my perspective starts to change because I start to see in faith not see what is in reality. I see what can be and not what is. You can't build your life if everything just stays the same. If I'm building this room, I'm changing the structure in this room, if I'm starting to build this from the ground up, unless I see, come on, sir, architecture, unless I see it in design, unless we have it on print before it is built, unless we see it by faith before it, it rises, it doesn't happen. It can't happen. This stays flat. This ground stays level. And so we got to remove the mountains. We got to decrease the mountains. We got to decrease self. We got to decrease the flesh in our life, which creates the mountains, so that faith can grow and begin to build our life on a rock that is steadfast, on a rock that is true. Can I get an amen? Is anybody with me? You know what? If I'm just preaching to myself, it's all good. I'm getting encouraged. Honestly, this is how I, I encourage myself. I just walk around my living room and just pray and speak out in faith. And you know what happens at the start? I don't feel good. At the start, I may be feeling discouraged, but at the other side, oh, my perspective has shifted. My sp perspective has changed. I'm ready to go. I came in this morning. I felt tired. I didn't feel like maybe doing church when I got up at 6.45 or 7 or whatever it was. I didn't even know what the time was. I just I was like a zombie. But as I started to pray this morning, as I began to declare the word, all of a sudden something started, a perspective started to shift. A mountain started to fall. A hope started to build. Are you hearing me? Some of you right here, right now, you feel discouraged. 
You feel shaken. You feel fear. You're in the wilderness. The old has gone. People, things have left your life. People have left your life. People have rejected you. People have hurt you. Come on, who knows Christians could be some of the meanest people on the earth? Oh, I see a few smiles. So we can't rely on people. Our foundation has to be built on a rock that is unshakable, a kingdom that is unshakable, a God who is unshakable. He died, he sent his son for you so you could be unshakable, so that when fear and mountains come your way, you can move the mountain. And so the first point I want to make this morning is pain gives us opportunity to push past natural sight. To push past what I see in my natural eye is I see impossibility. In my natural eye, I don't think I can. In my natural eye, I don't have the ability. In my natural eye, I'm not good enough. In my natural eye, I've made mistakes. In my natural eye, I, I, I don't have what it takes. In my natural eye, just like Moses, uh, God, God, I stutter. I, I speak out of turn. You, you know what stuttering is actually attached to? An anxiety is fear and, and a, a lack of self-belief. A lack of feeling worthy, a lack of being accepted, a lack of love. I have fri- a friend who seven, eight years ago stuttered a lot. Fast forward, bring him into the community of faith, bring him into declaring faith, bring him into a place of prayer in the presence of God. He then began, about four or five year, eight years later, becoming one of the best preachers. <laughs> a, a boy that was bullied, a boy that was rejected, a boy who was, who was pushed to the side, who, who w- wasn't picked for the team. That's who God used to declare faith. Why? Because he went through the pain. Because the pain was actually an opportunity. It wasn't an obstacle. A pain was an opportunity for his faith to build up, to strengthen him. Listen, come on. When you go through pain, let's get better. Let's not get bitter. Let's get better because the enemy has got you. If you get bitter, he's got you right over here, held captive in jail, ineffective, not building anything. The, the land is, is not, not just flat, but there's a mountain of impossibility because you're stuck with your own natural mindset, sinful mindset, broken mindset. God has got more. Can I get in, take, turn to someone and say, there is more? That was quiet. <laughs> I think we've got to work on this, this boldness thing. Turn to the other person, your second choice, and say, there's more for you too. There we go. Now we're talking. Come on, we're in church here. It's okay to get rowdy. A little bit. Just a little. Come on, I know you should all go home and you are rowdy. Let's be honest. Um, Perspective. You know, when I I was... uh, I play a bit of sport and football training. I, I hate football training. I like the game. I hate the training. And I, one of the coaches is here and he can testify. Honestly, I, I just can't do anything. But once we're going through the pain of training, I just want to complain. I'm just like, come on, give us the ball. Come on, stop running. Like, why do we have to keep running around? Because what happens when I run? or I'm cycling or whatever, I'm just focused on the pain. I need a distraction from the pain. My eyes are fixated on the feelings of my body crying out, saying this is awful. 
But when I get to a Saturday, I never even, when, when I was playing football, I never even, I, my focus was fixed on the ball, on my position, on where I was going, not where, where not the pains that were, that were coming from my body. And so that's why the Bible says we need to fix our eyes on Jesus who's bringing us forward. We're fixing our eyes on the ball. We're fixing our eyes on our position. We're fixing our eyes on where God has got us because we're saved by grace. God, you love me. You're still for me. I know there's stuff in the past, but you've still got me. There's still hope. I'm still moving forward. But if you're stuck in training and there's no motive to move forward, you're just stuck looking this way at all the things that went wrong or all the things that you don't feel like, all the, all the natural feelings of, of wanting to quit, what happens is you get stuck and honestly, if I didn't have a game with a ball at the weekend to look forward to, if I didn't have something uh, to, 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 to drive, that, that gave me joy to drive me, I wouldn't train in that way. If there wasn't a vision, if there wasn't somewhere I needed to go to and get to, I wouldn't enjoy it. I wouldn't, it wouldn't sustain me. It wouldn't keep me. It, I wouldn't keep showing up. I would find it, other reasons and other uh, things to do apart from train. But it's in the training that God prepares us. It's in the training that God prepares us for the new. It's in the pain. So that's why from the old to the new, there's often a period of training. There's often a period of pain. There's often a period of of transition where you, 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 you may need to experience some rejection. What? That might hurt me. I know. And so my previous season was exactly that. Just before we launched the church, I experienced, honestly, in my life, I I always like to be friends with everyone. I'm not out to try and give people. I want to help people. I want to make a difference. And so I came to a season where I started to get gossiped about, rejected. I started to get, like, people started to not like me, and a lot of them didn't have a reason to. And I was like, what's going on? What, What is wrong? What have I done? Like, have I really messed up that bad? And, and as I look at the other side, as I've entered into a new season, as I've pressed through the pain with faith, with prayer, as I've kept my eyes fixed on Jesus and not on people and what people think of me, in that season, God actually prepared me to get your eyes off people. Get your eyes off trying to please the people on the earth. They didn't create you. They don't know how, where, where you're going. They don't know what you've been called to. They're only looking from the surface. And so as I look back, I start to realize, you know, God needed me to, to learn to rely on him. And the only way I could do it was through pain of rejection, pain of, of, of also looking inside myself and saying, what could I have done better? You know what I realized? Well, maybe there's a wee bit of pride there. Maybe there's a wee bit of pride there I needed to die. Maybe in me there's a wee bit of pride there that needed a bit of suffering, that needed a bit of rejection, that needed, so that in the next season, I could go further. In the next season, I could do more. But we don't like it, do we? But God has always got more. But the pain is a part of the process. And so, I love this scripture here. In, uh, or is it say? In Genesis 3 and 16, it says, this is the very start of the Bible. 
If I started the Bible, it says, Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in the pain you will give birth. And so the, because of Adam and Eve and sin entered the world, this is where pain came in. Pain entered the world as God is about to birth something. The way in which he creates connection, the way in which he creates love, and the way he births new ideas, the way he births new seasons, the way he births new, uh, new, uh, new times in your life, new relationships, often there's a time of pain. But it's all a part of the process. It's needed because it's actually shown that in the pain of the process of a mother uh, giving birth to a child, just right before the breakthrough, that's where the greatest pain is. But it actually also causes a loving attachment to the child. Can I get an amen? Sarah down in the back nursing her newborn. God uses the pain to bond things. God uses the pain to prepare you for some maybe potentially sleepless nights. God uses that, that season to take you to, to a new capacity than you ever thought you, you could have. You never would actually, do you honestly think if you talk to any of the mothers in the room, if they had chose to go through the pain that they went through to give birth and even to look after this newborn, do you think they would ever say, yeah, I'm cool with pain. Let's just do that with no purpose. I just inflict pain. No, we're not sick like that. We're not looking to that kind of pain just for the fun of it. It's not fun, but God uses it. And so second point, pain is often a sign of preparation. Pain is often a sign, a spiritual sign. I remember just going through that, and I was just like, I started to research online, just like, is anybody else going through this, or is this just me? Because this is bad. This hurts really bad. This hurts, it's really, I've never experienced such an extent of pain before. But it was preparation for what God wanted to do. It was preparation for a newborn. It was preparation for a better season ahead. It was preparation for learning, it was preparation for maturity, it was preparation so I become more like Christ, who died, who was beaten, who went through all kinds of excruciating pain so that I could have life. And that is the way of the kingdom. That is the way of life. I don't care if you're in a family or if you're in a business or if you're in a job or if you're in a sport. It's the way in which this thing has been set up that pain is a part of the process, it's a part of the preparation. And so, hey, maybe it's time that we begin to, to embrace the pain and don't see it as an enemy, don't see it as an obstacle, but see it as an opportunity. Can I get an amen? Nobody's excited about the pain. And then we go on to the other side of the Bible, from start to finish in Revelations, and what we see in tw chapter 21, verses 4, he says, he will wipe every tear from, every, from, from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Come on, is anybody excited for that day? As you limp along with that hip. Come on, they tell me, you see when it comes to leadership, they tell me, never trust a leader that doesn't walk with a limp. And I'm going that way and my hip's gone. I'm like, Lord, come on, I want a few more years at least to be able to run. My cart is just going. And they say, never trust a leader without a limp. What does that mean? It means you need someone who's been in a shipwreck. Honestly, most of the time they need to, to experience the shipwreck before they learn to, to, to drive safely along the shoreline. It's not, 
as they go out to sea, they know what's possible. I don't need no, no Titanic type, what do they call it, captain of the ship, who had maybe didn't have the experience, thought the ship could go straight through something that it couldn't. And then we know the rest of the story. But in good old Northern Ireland, we like to celebrate those things and build museums around it. Obviously, we, bring the, we, we blame the English, but uh, no offense to any English people in here. Um, and so we're, we're somewhere in the middle. So pain came in in Genesis. It then finished. It finishes in heaven. There will be no more pain. Pain will cease. Our flesh is dying. But on this earth, pain is a part of our preparation. Pain is God's way to get us to the next season. And so we've got to get into the word. We've got to press into to the spirit of God. We've got to press into the spirit of hope. We've got to press into the Holy Spirit in those seasons because that's how God grows us. That's how he grows his children. That's how he, he, he births new children. That's how he births new ministries. That's how he births new seasons in your life. That's how he, he births your dreams and your passions. They come through seasons of pain. If you don't give up, if you hold tight, if you keep seeking him, if you hold tight to the dream and to the vision that God has given to you, it will happen. It will come to pass in Jesus' name. And as the band come up as we finish, I'm going to continue on this on tonight. The rest, I've got a few more points there, but the one thing um, we do so often as people, we love a good pity party. Come on, when you get that pain, we love a good pity party. You know, why is it not like this? This is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected. Why did they look at me like that? It's their fault. You know, the first thing we do is we look to blame people. We pity party. But listen, you see with the pity party, and I have them too, I'll be honest. But I promise you, anytime I've had one, it's never encouraged me. It's never built anything in my life. It's never encouraged anyone around me. It's been a waste of my energy. And you're the only person that comes to a pity party is the devil himself. In the wilderness, the children of Israel were walking through the wilderness. And they weren't happy. The food, it's not the way I wanted it. It's not what I expected. I was expecting more. I was expecting a promised land. They had a pity party. They started to look back to the old. Started to gra grip onto the old. They started to grip onto the natural. They started to, to worry about things that really are temporal. You know, as a church, you know what we're doing here? We're in the temporal. Genesis to Revelation on earth, it's a temporal life. The Bible says it's but a vapor. It's here one minute and gone the next. And we've all got to make a decision. Do we want to make a difference? in our lives? Do we want to make a difference in our families? Do we want to make a difference in the next generation and generations to come? Do we want to reach our full potential in Christ? And listen, it's not defined by your mistakes. It's defined by your faith. It's not defined by the mountains. It's defined by your perspective. It's not defined by your pain. 
But God wants to use your pain. He wants to use your mistakes. He wants to use your brokenness, your sin, and your mess to inspire you to believe in His ways, to surrender to His ways, to, to use the pain to empower you. You see, there's power in pain. If you allow it, there's power. Listen, I would never have prayed six hours a day when I was going through some of the toughest times in my life if I didn't have pain, if I didn't have hurt, if I didn't have wounds, if I didn't have rejection, I would never have went to God, the Father, and had an intimate relationship the way I do now if I didn't have the pain. The pain served me. It served my next season. It served my future. It set me up. It prepared me. It humbled me. It, 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 it allowed some of my flesh to die. Less of me and more of Him. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Come on, we're going to worship. We're going to declare the Word of God. It's going to be less of us, and it's going to be more of Him. We're going to die to self. We're going to change our perspective. We're going to declare His Word in faith. We're going to trust Him in His Word. We're going to leave the old things behind and press on to the prize that God has got for us, the promise that God has put in us. Come on, he's got faith on the inside of us. We just got to let it out. We're going to get out of prison and we're going to enter into freedom. Come on, let's declare the word of God. Let's worship God.